Chapter Sixteen of the Human Machine by Arnold Bennett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen. Reason, Reason. In conclusion, I must insist upon several results of what I may call the intensive culture of the reason. The brain will not only grow more effectively powerful in the departments of life where the brain is supposed specially to work but it will also enlarge the circle of its activities. It will assuredly interfere in everything. The student of himself must necessarily conduct his existence more and more according to the views of his brain. This will be most salutary and agreeable both for himself and for the rest of the world. You object. You say it will be a pity when mankind refers everything to reason. You talk about the heart you envisage an entirely reasonable existence as a harsh and callous existence not so when the reason and the heart come into conflict the heart is invariably wrong i do not say that the reason is always entirely right but i do say that it is always less wrong than the heart the empire of the reason is not universal but within its empire reason is supreme and if other forces challenge it on its own soil they must take the consequences nearly always when the heart opposes the brain the heart is merely a pretty name which we give to our idleness and our egotism we pass along the strand and see a respectable young widow standing in the gutter with a baby in her arms and a couple of boxes of matches in one hand we know she is a widow because of her weeds and we know she is respectable by her clothes we know she is not begging because she is selling matches the sight of her in the gutter pains our heart our heart weeps and gives the woman a penny in exchange for a halfpenny box of matches and the pain of our heart is thereby assuaged our heart has performed a good action but later on our reason unfortunately asleep at the moment wakes up and says that baby was hired the weeds and matches merely a dodge the whole affair was a spectacle got up to extract money from a fool like you it is as mechanical as a penny in the slot instead of relieving distress you have simply helped to perpetuate an infamous system you ought to know that you can't do good in that off-hand way the heart gives pennies in the street the brain runs the charity organization society of course to give pennies in the street is much less trouble than to run the cos as a method of producing a quick inexpensive and pleasing effect on one's egotism the cos is simply not in it with this dodge of giving pennies at random without inquiry only which of the two devices ought to be accused of harshness and callousness which of them is truly kind i bring forward the respectable young widow as a sample case of the heart v brain conflict all other cases are the same the brain is always more kind than the heart the brain is always more willing than the heart to put itself to a great deal of trouble for a very little reward the brain always does the difficult unselfish thing 
and the heart always does the facile showy thing naturally the result of the brain's activity on society is always more advantageous than the result of the heart's activity another point i have tried to show that if the reason is put in command of the feelings it is impossible to assume an attitude of blame towards any person whatsoever for any act whatsoever the habit of blaming must depart absolutely it is no argument against this statement that it involves anarchy and the demolition of society even if it did which emphatically it does not that would not affect its truth all great truths have been assailed on the ground that to accept them meant the end of everything as if that mattered as i make no claim to be the discoverer of this truth i have no hesitation in announcing it to be one of the most important truths that the world has yet to learn however the real reason why many people object to this truth is not because they think it involves the utter demolition of society fear of the utter demolition of society never stopped any one from doing or believing anything and never will but because they say to themselves that if they can't blame they can't praise and they do so like praising if they are so desperately fond of praising it is a pity that they don't praise a little more there can be no doubt that the average man blames much more than he praises his instinct is to blame if he is satisfied he says nothing if he is not he most illogically kicks up a row so that even if the suppression of blame involved the suppression of praise the change would certainly be a change for the better but i can perceive no reason why the suppression of blame should involve the suppression of praise on the contrary i think that the habit of praising should be fostered i do not suggest the occasional use of trowels but the regular use of salt spoons anyhow the triumph of the brain over the natural instincts in an ideally organized man the brain and the natural instincts will never have even a tiff always means the ultimate triumph of kindness and further the culture of the brain the constant disciplinary exercise of the reasoning faculty means the diminution of misdeeds do not imagine i am hinting that you are on the verge of murdering your wife or breaking into your neighbour's house although you personally are guiltless there is a good deal of sin still committed in your immediate vicinity said balzac in la cousine bette a crime is in the first instance a defect of reasoning powers in the appreciation of this truth marcus aurelius was as usual a bit beforehand with balzac marcus aurelius said no soul wilfully misses truth and epictetus had come to the same conclusion before marcus aurelius and plato before epictetus all wrongdoing is done in the sincere belief that it is the best thing to do whatever sin a man does he does either for his own benefit or for the benefit of society at the moment of doing it he is convinced that it is the only thing to do he is mistaken and he is mistaken because his brain has been unequal to the task of reasoning the matter out passion 
the heart, is responsible for all crimes. Indeed, crime is simply a convenient monosyllable which we apply to what happens when the brain and the heart come into conflict and the brain is defeated. That transaction of the matches was a crime, you know. Lastly, the culture of the brain must result in the habit of originally examining all the phenomena of life and conduct to see what they really are and to what they lead. The heart hates progress because the dear old thing always wants to do as has always been done. The heart is convinced that custom is a virtue. The heart of the dirty working man rebels when the state insists that he shall be clean, for no other reason than that it is his custom to be dirty. Useless to tell his heart that clean he will live longer. He has been dirty and he will be. The brain alone is the enemy of prejudice and precedent, which alone are the enemies of progress. And this habit of originally examining phenomena is perhaps the greatest factor that goes to the making of personal dignity, for it fosters reliance on oneself and courage to accept the consequences of the act of reasoning. Reason is the basis of personal dignity. I finish. I have said nothing of the modifications which the constant use of the brain will bring about in the general value of existence. Modifications slow and subtle, but tremendous. The persevering will discover them. It will happen to the persevering that their whole lives are changed, texture and colour too. Naught will happen to those who do not persevere. End of The Human Machine by Arnold Bennett Recording by Ruth Golding Golding.wordpress.com August 2012